Amen. Oh, good. Thanks, y'all. All right. So, um, so this is week three of a series that we've been doing called Fellowship Forward, and it's all about vision. I, I forgot my I forgot my glasses this morning, so you'll have to bear with me and uh, still pay attention to me. Pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but we've been talking about vision, and we've talked about how vision, uh, you know, our vision as a church, our vision as a people of God, our vision for our lives as followers of Christ, it's not something new. This is God's intent from the beginning. God had this vision uh, from, from the beginning to the end, from gen, uh, Genesis to Revelation. Everything in between is about God's vision. And, and one of my favorite professors, Sandra Richter, called it this. She described it like this. She said, it's about the people of God in the place of God dwelling in the presence of God. And, and even though we have turned and, and because of sin and, and our own imperfections that disconnected us from God, it moved the people of God from the place of God and in the presence of God, uh, everything that God is doing from, from then until now on into eternity, it's all about bringing the people of God back to the place of God to dwell in the presence of God. And the good news of God's grace is that in Christ, there has been a way made once and for all for that vision to become a reality in our lives and in our life together through his life and his death and his resurrection. That's the good news of God's grace that's ours in Christ. And we've also talked about how Christ created the church uh, to bear witness uh, to God's grace, the good news of God's grace, not with just our words, but through our lives and through our life together. The little phrase that I shared with you a couple weeks ago is, uh, I believe the church is the frame that holds God's vision in place so that the world can see Christ through the lens of our life together. And so uh, we've been talking about this, uh, this vision for our church, this vision statement and this fresh vi expression of God's vision for us here as a fellowship family. And the phrase uh, that we've been living into is this phrase, sharing life together in Christ. Here's a picture of, of what we've been sharing with you and, and working on as, as a church of ways to kind of uh, articulate this vision that we feel like God has for us as a fellowship family moving forward. And you can see at the very center at the bottom, there's that passage of scripture that forms the foundation of, of that vision. And, and I wanna ask you to say it with me. I want us to say it together every week because I hope that you're learning this passage and it becomes a part of who you are where you just know it and, and, um, and, and can and remember it. So let's say it together. Ready? First, uh, First Thessalonians 2.8. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. It's not just about uh, hearing the good news of God's grace. It's about seeing it and experiencing it in life together through our relationships, right? Uh, we, were, we were so, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not just the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We've been talking about how our vision has four C's, uh, connection, collaboration, commission, and celebration. Our fellowship has these four other ships that are describing kind of how we're gonna get there, right? Through relationship and ownership and partnership and worship. Uh, last week, we talked about how Jesus is the captain of our fellowship, and we are all aboard that makes the fellowship float. And with the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit filling our sails, we're going somewhere. We're, we're moving forward, full speed ahead. Amen? Are you with me? Uh, we, we wanna move forward together as a family into the future that God has for us as individuals and as a church. I hope you can tell I'm excited about this. Uh, 
But here's the thing. It doesn't matter really if I'm excited about it. What matters is if you're excited about it. Because it's going to take all of us working together to make this vision, this sharing life together in Christ a reality. And so that's what this is all about. That's why last week the message was called All Aboard. And this week the message is called All Hands on deck. How many of you heard that phrase before? All hands on deck, right? Uh, you've probably seen it in a movie or on TV or something. Uh, I did a little research into nautical terms this week, and I found that that when you when somebody yells on a on a ship, when somebody yells "All hands on deck," what that usually means is there's something that's happening that needs everyone's immediate attention, right? There's, there's a storm or there's an iceberg, or, a, an iceberg or, or some kind of obstacle, some kind of danger, right? Something's malfunctioned or, or something's on fire or maybe somebody's fallen overboard, but, but there's something that requires everyone to, to drop what they're doing and to get to the deck to help out. All hands on deck. I wonder if, if you can think of something in, in your lifetime or, or in your life, an example of of something that you might call an all-hands-on-deck type of event or experience. Can you think of something? I was trying to think about it this week, about uh, things in my lifetime that have happened, examples of, of people coming together to combat a crisis or to meet a need that, that couldn't otherwise be met. I, I thought about um, events like 9-11 and uh, you know, the people of Flight 93. I, I thought about Hurricane Katrina and all the ways that people responded to that. Um, I thought about, in kind of in more local terms, is it, do you all remember the Good Friday tornado of 2010? Do you remember that? Some of you all may have been affected by that. I, I remember very, uh, very vividly uh, going into neighborhoods that had just been decimated by that tornado and seeing uh, people uh, that didn't live in that neighborhood just showing up to, to move branches and to uh, pull, de pull debris out of people's yards that were complete strangers. You know, it happened again in Nashville not that long ago, right? Right before, right at the beginning of this pandemic. And there were some folks from our church that went up there to help. Um, I just, I was thinking about so many times over the last year, year and a half, where we're in the midst of, of crisis, right? Physically, financially, spiritually, where there was a need that needed to be met. And, and folks here in our fellowship family stepping up and, and meeting that need. And it reminded me of this deeper uh, truth of, of life together in Christ, that, that in times of chaos and crisis, it's so easy for us to get overwhelmed by the storms that are raging around us or, or even inside of us. And, and, and I don't know about you, but, but it's easy sometimes to let anxiety get the best of us, to, to listen to that voice of fear that says, I, I can't do this on my own, or, or there will never be enough. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever heard that voice in your mind? I have. But as I was thinking about it this week, as I was reflecting on this idea of, of sharing life together in Christ, I realized that there really is a, a different way. There's another way. There's a better way. There's a way that, that, that God has intended for us uh, in community, that instead of letting anxiety get the best of us, we can choose to let community bring out the best in us, in, in all of us. Does that make sense? We can choose to listen to the voice of faith that says, you know what, maybe you can't do this on your own, but, but you're not on your own. You're never alone. God says, I am with you and I am for you and I am working in and through and around you and sometimes even in spite of you for, for your good and for my glory and my glory is your greatest good. Together with God's help and with the help of our community of faith, we can and we will. Christ is enough. His grace is sufficient for us. 
We need to remember that, especially in times of, of crisis, right? Uh, I was thinking about this idea of, of collaboration. Uh, that's the C that we're looking at this week and, and the, the, the ship that goes along with it, ownership. And, and uh, I tried to think of a, a story from my own life in ministry that, that illustrates this. And, and there was one story that, that came to mind I want to share with you this morning. It's uh, about the summer that I was interning for a church. I was in college. This was my second senior year at MTSU, my, my victory lap, as some call it. Um, but I remember I was interning at a church, and uh, we took a mission trip to North Carolina to go help uh, folks there in Appalachia in the mountains to doing home repair and things like that. And, and we went to this place where, uh, where churches from all over, over would come. So it wasn't just our church. It was our church from Middle Tennessee. There was a church from South Florida, and I think the other church was from maybe Indiana. But there were three churches there, and um, we all had our own little separate projects that we were doing uh, during the week, but in the morning, we would all gather together in a gymnasium, and they would kind of do a little devotional with us, and then send us all out to our separate places during the day, but on this one particular day, I remember the leaders of the camp uh, came to us, and they issued kind of this call uh, for all hands on deck. It was, it was a project that was going to require collaboration between the other churches. We were going to have to drop our individual projects, and we were going to have to focus on this larger project, this collaboration of churches. There was uh, a house that that they sent us to um, that, that required uh, a little bit more than we could do on our own. It was a house I'll never forget. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. It was on the side of a hill and there were a few acres of land and the grass had grown up taller than any of, any of my students. And uh, our, our project, our mission was to clear all the trash and, and all the things from the house and the yard and put it in this big dump truck. We showed up at the house and there was this truck there and it had these big rails built on the side. I, I guess the truck is the biggest, one of the biggest trucks I'd ever seen. It was probably 20 or 30 feet long. Uh, the rails on the side were about 10 feet. We, we called it the dump truck and we called ourselves the dump crew. And I remember when we got there, we were walking up to it. And I remember uh, my first thought was, I wonder why we need such a big truck for this project. And uh, we quickly learned together why that was. Uh, when we got closer, we realized that the house was full of, of trash and food in every room. The basement was full of things that I still can't talk about. The, there were flies buzzing in and around the house. There were, and if that wasn't enough, it set on a few acres of land that, with broken down pickup trucks and stacks and stacks of garbage bags in the bed of them. Uh, every time we would pick up a, a garbage bag uh, to throw it in the dump truck, these little, little mice would scamper out and we'd have to kind of run away and, and then we'd come back over and, and get the trash out and put it in the car and we did that in the truck and we did it together um, when we got into the yard there were some old tires in the yard and um, we would kind of come up on them uh, you we didn't know they were there until you're right up on them because the grass was so high and we'd we'd pick up those tires and and maybe a snake or two would roll out of it and slither away and we'd run away again and then we'd take the tires and throw it in the dump truck and we did this together and um we, we started referring to it as the yard of biblical plagues because we thought maybe any any minute there'd be some frogs or locusts or hail, you know, somewhere in the yard, but, but there wasn't any of that. But what, what we did find was couches and stoves and refrigerators and air conditioners all in this yard that, uh, that we hauled from the house into this, in the yard into this dump truck, and we did it together. And uh, by the end of the week, we had filled up that, that big dump truck that I didn't think was possible. And uh, we did it not once, not twice, but three times. They had to make three trips while we were there. And it was something that uh, if you had told me at the beginning of the week we were going to do, I would have said, there's no way. You know, we can't do that. There's not enough. And, uh, 
and somehow we did it together. And I, and I share that with you today. The reason why I wanted to tell you the story is not to complain about how bad it was or to brag about how great we were. For, for me, it, it, it revealed this deeper truth about uh, collaboration. And, uh, and, and it's basically this. I said, I want to share it with you. I think it's amazing to me sometimes how crisis can create this uncommon sense of community with people uh, through this common commitment to collaboration. Uh, there were, it was amazing to me that at the beginning of that week, we were a group of individuals, right? We were from different schools. We went to different churches. We had different skills, different experiences, different expectations of what that week was going to look like. And, and I guarantee you, though, after that week, it was different. I guarantee you that if I saw any of those teenagers today, even though they're probably well into their 30s, uh, and I said just the words, dump crew, they would smile and we would instantly go back to that place where, where we experience community in crisis through this common commitment to, uh, to collaboration where we're able to do more than we could have ever done uh, on our own or ever thought possible. And, and I share that with you today because that's the power of, of sharing life together in Christ. It's about being a part of something bigger than ourselves so that we might do and be more than we can on our own. And, and, and this is such a powerful example to me of, of why it's important sometimes to sound the alarm and answer the call to all hands on deck. That's exactly where I think we are as a church and as a community and as, as God's people. And, and I hope that you know me well enough to know that, that I'm not an alarmist. Uh, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty even keel kind of person. I, and even in my sermons, I don't go into great detail about things that are on the news or on the internet. And, and that's intentional because uh, a couple of reasons. One, I think there are plenty of people out there reminding us of those things every day. You, you don't need me to do that. And, and number two, uh, there's so much that divides us right now. Uh, I believe God is calling us to, to unite and, and to share life together in Christ. And, uh, but I think we're also painfully aware that many of the things in our world are not the way that they should be. And uh, I, I always cling to uh, the, one of my favorite quotes, Pastor W.L. Watkinson. He says, instead of cursing the darkness, I think we should be lighting a candle. And I think that's true for us. You know, Jesus called us the light of the world, right? So um, when we let our light shine, uh, I believe that that uh, is who we're called to be and what we're called to do. But, but that being said, I think if there was ever a time uh, to sound the alarm, if there, was any, uh, if there was ever a time, not just locally but globally, that we need to shout to the church, all hands on deck, I think it's now. Uh, if there was ever a time, because if there was ever a time that not only the church, but the world needed to hear this message of, of sharing life together in Christ, I think it's now. And, and here's one of the reasons why I think that. It, we, we live in a culture of, of contention and consumption, uh, where it's more about being right than being righteous. It's more about what we can get than what we can give. It's more about people's preferences than, than a greater purpose. And sometimes that, that culture even finds its way in the church. And so I believe that we as individuals and as a church, we need to be intentional about uh, creating a different kind of culture, a culture of, of communion uh, with God and with one another and a culture of, of collaboration uh, where it's more about we than me, where it's more about serving than being served, where it's more about giving what's needed than, than getting what we want. It's, it's more about building up Christ and his kingdom than building our own little kingdoms. And, and that's not easy. I, I, I believe it's something that we can't do on our own. Uh, for us to create a culture like that, it takes all hands on deck. It takes everybody being willing uh, 
to, to move forward together into that vision of, of who God is calling us to be. I believe for us to do that, it's going to take all of us taking ownership of our faith in Christ and, and, and allowing Christ to take ownership of our lives so that the Holy Spirit can work in us and through us. Does that make sense? Uh, the the kind of irony of it or the paradox of it all is, is the only way that we can take ownership of our life together in Christ is to give ownership of our lives to Christ. And when we do that, then Christ can do in us and through us things that we never thought possible and, and were impossible outside of Christ. So those are the two little things I want you to think about today. What does it look like for us to give ownership of our lives to Christ so that we can take ownership of our life together in Christ. And I want you to think about how those two things are so connected to one another. And, and, and you know, honestly, I don't think I can, I can just say it to you. I don't think I can show it to you uh, any other way than, than for you to see it in God's word. Uh, thankfully, God has given us a vision, a picture of what this looks like in the New Testament book of Acts. Uh, that's, that's our second foundational scripture in our, our vision statement for our fellowship family. So I'm going to read it for you today. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Hear this God's word for us today. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship. Remember that? Koinonia. Uh, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a picture of what it, what it looks like, what, what sharing life together looks like. This is a group of people, uh, regular, ordinary people, just like you and me, who had given their lives to Christ and, and had, had been committed to living out this new life in Christ by living into their new identity within the context of this new community. They'd given ownership of their lives to Christ. They've said what Paul said in Galatians. Do you remember Galatians 2.20? I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. And they had come to this place where they knew that Christ had given the, the, his life for them. And so they've given their lives to Christ. They've given ownership of their lives to Christ. And so now they're willing to take ownership of their life together in Christ. What that means is they were no longer willing or they were no longer living for themselves. They were part of something bigger than themselves. They'd stepped out of the status quo and into this countercultural movement in Christ, this movement from death to life, from darkness to light, from chaos to community. So they devoted themselves to the good news of God's grace in this particular place. They committed themselves to koinonia, to participation in, in prayer and, and praising God. They were, they were breaking down all kinds of cultural barriers by, by breaking bread with people from different backgrounds. They were, they were giving up their own comforts and their own personal preferences for the greater good and compassion for those in the community. And it was transforming their lives and it was transforming their community. Uh, in, in terms of our, our vision statement, it was a unique group of relationships where people were taking ownership of their faith and it led to partnerships with those in the community in need, which resulted in more and more people joining in their worship. 
It was a collaboration that led to multiplication. It was working together that led to life together. It wasn't uh, every man for himself. It was all hands on deck. It was the people of God in the place of God, dwelling in the presence of God. It was the good news of God's grace in a particular place through shared embraces and familiar faces. And the result was this. It said the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord. It wasn't, it wasn't what they had done. It was what the Lord was doing, right? God was doing this new, fresh thing in and through the people of God. And the people around them were taking notice. Can, can, you, can you visualize, can you see that picture, that vision of what that looks like? And, and here's the best thing, right? I'll say it all the time, I'll say it again. It's not just that it happened, it's that it happens all the time. It happens every time we make a choice as individuals and as a church to share life together. It happens every time that, that we decide to make it more about we than me, to make it more about generosity than, than prosperity make it more about serving than being served. It's about creating a culture where it's more about giving what's needed than getting what we want. It's where it's more about building up Christ and his kingdom than building our own little kingdoms. And that takes all hands on deck. It's not just a few of us. It's not 20% of the people doing 80% of the ministry, right? It's all hands on deck to make the ship move in the, in the direction that God is calling us. Uh, I shared with uh, with Lee this week about my sermon and the title and what it was about. And he sent me this meme from Facebook. I think we've got it. I wanna share it with you. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty true. It says, the church is not a cruise ship where a handful of people serve everyone else who's relaxing. No, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck and everyone serves the mission. I love that, isn't that great? I believe that. I believe that's who we are as a fellowship family. And when we decide to allow God to work in us and through us, the world around us can see the God who is with us and the God who is for us and the God who's working around us for good. See, God's the one that does it, but we get to participate. We get to co-labor with Christ and with one another. That's what the scriptures say. Paul says to the church in Corinth, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be awarded rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. One translation says co-laborers. That's where collaboration comes from. We are co-laborers with Christ. We are God's field. We are God's building. It's why Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we need to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. I believe that God is calling us right now to take ownership of our faith in such a way that everyone is involved in ministry. Together. It doesn't mean that everyone's doing the same thing. It just means that every one of us is committed to that same vision of, of all hands on deck, that we're gonna do this together. That's, that's what this fellowship fair is all about today. Uh, it's because we believe it's so important that each person has an opportunity to find a place to connect and to collaborate for Christ and for his kingdom here within our fellowship family. I believe God is doing a new fresh thing in and through God's people. And I believe that people around us are gonna take notice as God calls us out into the harvest field, beyond the building, to be the building, to be the field. If we learned anything from 2020, right, we learned that we are more than just a building. We're, we're a people in here and out there. 
And when the people of God give ownership of their lives to Christ and take ownership of their life together in Christ, God can and will and does amazing things. That's how that passage ends, right? And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Don't miss the point of that. Sometimes we get hung up on the Lord added to their number. Uh, that's, that's not it, right? There's more. The Lord added to their number daily, what? Those who were being saved. See, it's not about the numbers. It's about uh, the people whose lives are transformed by the gospel. And we get to be a part of that. We get to participate in the Lord adding to the number daily those who are being saved. People, just like you and me, saved from sin and death and addiction and loneliness and all the other struggles that, that are present in our world. And saved for a purpose and for significance and for life abundant, life eternal, life together in Christ. That's why the Spirit is saying to us, all hands on deck. I don't think there's a better time than now. There's not a better place than here for us to step into and step forward into what God has for us as individuals and as a church. So I want to invite you to take just a few minutes this morning. We're going to end the service a little early uh, because we want to get you out there that you can you can go see what's going on in the in the lobby, but I wanted to just ask you to think about those two things, giving ownership of our lives to Christ and taking ownership of our life together in Christ. And then just simply ask, ask these two questions. Ask yourself, ask God, spend some time uh, thinking about this. What's one thing I can do today to give ownership of my life to Christ so that I can take ownership of our life together in Christ? What's one thing? And then one, one final question. This is the most practical next step you'll ever get. Uh, all you have to do is walk out this, this door into the lobby, which you have to do anyways. But think about this question. What's one question I can ask at the fellowship fair today that'll help me take a step forward into collaboration? What would it look like for us to, to practice sharing life together? I want to I wanna pray for you and pray for us and just take a minute this morning to, to listen and and create space for God to speak to your heart. Then we're going to close the service and we'll invite you to go go check things out before you go. But will you pray with me? Uh, God, we love you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your word that, that spoke and still speaks to us, Lord. We thank you for Jesus, the word made flesh that who came to dwell among us, uh, to dwell in us and, and, and work through us. God, we thank you for your grace that meets us right where we are but never leaves us there. We thank you that you're always calling us forward to follow you into the new life that's ours in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray today that you would open our eyes and ears and hearts and minds to receive whatever it is that you have for us, Lord, that you would remind us of the good news so that we might go from this place to be the good news for those around us, Lord. We thank you for this fellowship family and pray, Lord, that we might uh, live into this life together in such a way that it brings glory to your name and it, that it brings the gospel to those around us. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. The, altar, the altar's open this morning. If you wanna come and pray, uh, you can come and pray. And, and uh, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, just let me know. I'd love to come pray with you. Otherwise, I'll leave you alone and let you have some time uh, with the Lord. But let's spend some time uh, before we close responding to what God might be saying to our hearts today.